Welcome to the Forever a Bull podcast, connecting with the UB stars of the past. Here's your host, voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck. Well, Kelly, it's neat to catch up with you for our Forever a Bull podcast series because a lot of the former athletes that we talk to are maybe five years out, 10 years out. And what's really interesting about your story here is you are on the ground floor of everything that's happening now. So I'm really excited to get a little bit of your perspective, and I think people will enjoy it as well, too. Uh, Kelly Sauner was a women's basketball player from 1986 to 1989, very involved in student government when the initial idea to become Division I first popped up. So tell everybody a little bit about what some of those discussions were like, what the reactions were like to an athlete here who was playing Division Three, but maybe started to dream about what it could be like at Division One. Yeah, listen, it was a very exciting time. We, um, When I first came here, it was with the intention that we'd be Division Two, and it'd be a three- to five-year mission to be Division One. which, of course, in, in hindsight, we know it took a little longer and we also know we needed the funding. And at the time, you know, the UB campus still wasn't really embracing the idea of, of Division One. So they had taken a referendum of the students, and the students were kind of on the fence. They, they, they didn't vote for it overwhelmingly. In fact, I think they actually shot it down. And um, during that time period, in, in 1990, I was president of the student government. And uh, Rick Cole, who was the vice president, he played volleyball here, and Mike Cross was our treasurer. He was a basketball player. And we, we knew the value of sports, and we knew the value of Division One athletics and how that could potentially shape the direction the university goes in. And from a media perspective, from a national perspective, and we, we basically said we've got to do this. So we met with the administration, and, you know, we uh, talked at the time it was, uh, I think it was, Really, Griner was was just becoming the president, and uh, you had you had uh, various folks in the administration, and we basically said we want to get this done. And and it's not as if we totally disregarded the students at, at the time. There was a lot of um, uh, you know a lot of kids weren't involved in a lot of things on campus. It wasn't as active as it could have been. So in a school at that time of probably twenty thousand, maybe you had a couple thousand vote. So we didn't feel as if we were totally swinging out and, and pushing through a uh, athletic fee that people wouldn't embrace. And quite honestly, in hindsight, to think that that was the groundwork that got us to where we're going today and some of the wonderful things we're doing today, it's spectacular. It was a lot of vision. You were selling a lot of vision, weren't you? Not only to yourself, to the students, to the athletic administration. How difficult was that? It's easy for us to say, look what it's become now. Probably not that easy back in 1989. No, it wasn't. And and it was it was expensive back then. Um, I'm sure it's it's equally as expensive then. But it was it was having a belief and and understanding what we were trying to do. Listen, as an academic school. We were great. We were on the right path. We were, you know, part of the one of the major research universities, or at least we had a vision to do that. So you had to really s- talk to folks about, well, we could be like a Michigan. We could be like a University of Penn. Yeah, maybe not at that Ivy League level. But if we want to go somewhere, we've got to invest in our future. And and that really was the, the drum we were beating. Was uh, you, you touched on it briefly, but was the administration on board did they could did they share the vision did they see and i know bill griner is was really one of the spearheads behind making it all happen um was he the guy that you could rely on the most to buy into the vision 
Absolutely. Bill Bill was on board. He was a great guy. President Sample at the time was not on board. <laughs> and, and in fact, there's even a, a side story that when we had just taken over as, as president uh, or, or took over the student uh, association with our ticket because we, we were elected as a clean slate, um, they wanted to start charging a dollar every time kids rode a bus from one campus to another. And so we we actually had a big fight the fees rally and we marched and we didn't you know, we really, we took over President Sample's office. We really were a little, a <laughs> Gee, little I can't understand why he wasn't quite so on board about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I think he was probably like, oh my gosh, who are these kids that are now leading the student government? And we were rallying people up, but not necessarily in, in a bad way. It was just get involved, wake up, pay attention, look what's going on around your campus. You know, paying a dollar to get on a, on a bus every time when you live in, you know, Ellicott and you got to come over to the main campus is insane. So it was it was almost with the backdrop of you want to pay a dollar and get a bus ride or do you want to pay, I think at the time it was probably, I don't know, $80 a semester or something and actually get something out of that. And again, buy into that vision and that future and, and think about where we're going to be in three years, five years, 10 years. And again, coming back to campus now, I couldn't be happier. Did uh, did being an athlete and having the leadership skills that a lot of athletes possess, how much did that help you be a student government official, not just athletics, but to, to be a voice for the entire student body here? Uh, great question. Um, you know, the, the life lessons we learn from athletics, you don't even know you're learning them until you, all of a sudden you're pulling out of, you know, you're pulling something out of that bag of tricks. So for sure, teamwork, reliability, leadership, you know, pushing yourself when you don't think you can push yourself, building, building a, a um, coalition to say, you know what, I may not agree with you all the time, but collectively we can do this and we can get something done. So those, those lessons you learn from being an athlete and pushing yourself and driving and showing up and being reliable, those are transferable skills that you take with you, whether you're in student government or it, doing your classwork or you go on to your career. I mean, I look around now, I'm a chief commercial officer and there's studies that say 90% or 95% of the women who hold C-suite offices played sports. That's great. That's interesting. So you leave here in the very early 90s when it was just starting to happen, uh, the move kind of out of Division Three to whether it was D2 or 1AA eventually. And, you know, and obviously we know where it went beyond that. But when you left here, did you really think you had left behind the groundwork to have it happen or did you did you wonder no you had to wonder right so i i finished my i was on a five-year plan so i finished my undergrad in 91 i finished my master's in 93 i was close to dorsey so i'd, I'd come back on occasion um so over those few years i you know from 93 to 98 i saw it but at the time i also was working at the university of tennessee for pat summit and the women's vol you know the women's basketball team and so I saw from there what they had built and how long that had taken. So I wasn't expecting us to just at UB just to go from, you know, D3 to D1 where we are today. And then I didn't come back for a long time. And then I, I came back a couple of years ago when um, Coach Jack had taken over the women's basketball program and, and Coach Breen, they had done a campaign to raise money for the women's basketball team. And, and yeah, I think we, we bought a locker in my name and I came back then. I was like, 
wow. I, I remember the women's locker room. Much, like, we had those metal lockers. <laughs> you know, it was it was mortifying, honestly. The the showers were different. You didn't even have curtains. It was, you know, you'd put your clothes, you know, the, the folks in the equipment room hated us because we would just throw all of our clothes at them to get them washed. And it was a very different environment. And again, it was it was something that was okay at the time. And you just, you kind of saw it in your mind's eye what we could become, but it has completely exceeded my expectations. All right, so there's the, ne- here's, there's the easy next question. Here we are in 2020. Uh, a men's basketball team has gone to four NCAA tournaments. The women have gone to two. Uh, it's back-to-back bowl games, first bowl win. Uh, achievements across the board in tennis and so many other sports. So how do you look back? Now, the fact that you're here m- might be part of that as well, too. But even from where you watch from afar, how, how have, what's been your reaction? to what you helped start to what exists now you know it's I quite honestly I didn't even think about it that way I just I it's I'm so excited and I'm so happy and I you know I have I have two kids and since day one I told them they're going to Buffalo I don't it doesn't matter where you think you're going (laughs) we we bleed blue and white so horns up we're all going to Buffalo um but I Paul I honestly I hadn't even thought about we help build this legacy because it just seemed like it needed to happen. And somebody had to step up and say, let's push this fee through. Let's start the building blocks. And it's it's our little effort that Rick and I did and Michael did, but it really took everybody else from the community, from the athletic department, from the university to jump on board after or to continue that long after we left. And I'm, th- I'm thrilled. I think the facilities that have been built and what's happening and that, fire in everybody's um, belly still to continue and to push and to do the right thing and to make sure our student athletes are treated as students then athletes and they have beautiful facilities to do both of that I, I couldn't be happier. Well, you're playing a role in upgrading of the facilities. Um, the reason why we're talking with Kelly is she has been involved in a project to name uh, the competition pool here at Alumni Arena in honor of former swimming coach Dorsey Reynolds. That will happen officially when the Bulls host the MAC Championships on February 29th with an official ceremony. Um, what was the drive for you to spearhead that and get a lot of of your fellow athletes involved in it. And as we talked about this earlier, you weren't even a swimmer. You know, Doris was really special. She was, if you knew her, you were drawn to her. She was a great friend and and a partner to me over the years. And we, I just saw the passion she had to be an educator. Her, Her parents were educators, her sister's an educator. She knew that she could inspire girls and women. And she could draw out of, them what they had no idea they were capable of doing and and you didn't even have to be on your her team you could be a friend you could be a colleague you could be somebody she met at the grocery store she was just infectious and to know that she passed away uh, you know unfortunately from from cancer and much too soon in her in her life she left us um i wanted to make sure that we honored her legacy and people really knew who she was and that the hour she put in on the pool deck wasn't really just about teaching kids the right stroke or how to do a flip turn or any of that. It was teaching them how to be the best they could be. And, and quite honestly, they didn't even know they were getting that lesson until long after the fact. I, I think back and I'm like, 
wow, those are things I learned during my time with her that I didn't even know I was learning them. And we were, we were contemporaries. So that'll be, it'll become the Dorsey Reynolds pool by the end of February. And that's going to be pretty cool and pretty special. Before I let you go, uh, you, you very subtly dropped it in, but how could I not ask you what an influence coach summit was like for you uh, in having the opportunity to work for her at Tennessee? Yeah. When I, thank you. I mean, she, she was amazing. When I, Decide. So, so my career path was I did my master's here. I wanted to be an athletic director. And as I looked around the, you know, the college landscape and I thought, you know, there's not a lot of women. Now, mind you, this is 1993. It's probably Barbara Hedges at the University of Washington, uh, Christine Grant at Iowa, Joan Cronin at Tennessee. There weren't a lot of women who were Division I athletic directors. And if they were, they were of separate departments. Iowa had a separate women's department then. Minnesota did. Tennessee did. So I thought in order to be a athletic director and be a woman, I needed to go somewhere where I could learn from the best and see how they do it. And I was going to pursue my um, doctorate of, of uh, my doctorate of education in sociology of sport. And when I got to Tennessee, day two, I walk into the athletic department and I was like, hi, I'm here. Can I volunteer? <laughs> and, and at the time, Carol Evans, who I'm still great friends with, she was the marketing um, AD and and Joan Cronin, who was the athletic director at the time, was probably like, "Oh, look at this this gal from New York." Like, all right, Carol, you take her; <laughs> she's she's yours. And and over the years, I I worked with Carol, and um, I got to know Coach Summit. And in 1995 or so, I think uh, she came up to me and she's like, "Sonner, you know, because I always call you by your last name, right, Sonner." I'm going to create this position, director of basketball operations, and I want you to have it. No program in the country has director of basketball operations for women, and you're going to do it. So think about it, but then come back and tell me when you're going to do it. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I, I call my dad, who was awesome and, and also loved UB, and in fact told me, you're going to Buffalo, don't even think about going anywhere else. I said, hey, dad, you know, Pat offered me this job. He's like, why are you t- calling me? Go right in there right now and tell her. I, I, Kel, it's not often that Southerners invite a Northerner into that inner circle. Go take that job and learn everything you can learn. And and what Coach always taught people was, I will anything I ask you to do, it's because I've done it myself or I would do it myself. So always put yourself in somebody's shoes. Like Kel, if I need you to sweep that floor, you sweep the floor. And it's I've swept the floor. It's kind of what's come before you. And part of what her what I really loved about her, and, and listen, she was tough. I heard her say things to kids and, and uh, really have a very different coaching style than I probably would have had, but she too was striving to always get the best out of everybody. And everybody has a different methodology, but for Coach, for Coach Summit, it was, you're going to be the best. I'm going to teach you how to be the best. We, you know, we had the definite dozen. But what I loved about her most, honestly, was her knowledge of the sport and how important that was to her, that she taught those young women how to love the sport, how to learn the sport, but how to show up, wear orange, and be a good person every day that you could possibly be a good person. So for people that don't know, every school in the country has a director of basketball operations, both on the men's and women's side. You're telling me you were the first ever women's director of basketball operations? That that is my understanding. Wow. See, I didn't even realize sitting next to such royalty here. (laughs) Uh, All right, as we wrap this up with Kelly Sauner, this is the Forever a Bull podcast, which means you're always and will be forever a bull. But what has life done or taken you since the days you stop being a active bull here everybody you know always curious about what directions sure. life has taken you so i after uh so i was at tennessee from 
as director of basketball operations from 96 to 98. We won three straight national championships during that time, which was great. And I just felt like, okay, time to go. Like I, I left at the height of all of it. It was crazy. I mean, you guys know being in college athletics, it's exhausting. And I had gone straight through undergrad, master's, doing my doctorate, stopped working on my doctorate, worked for coach, left there, came back to New York, uh, worked in, um, worked at my dad's company for a little bit, worked as a sports agent, worked for a um, company in New Jersey, had my own uh, sports agency where we rep- where we represented female athletes athletes and one of my it's funny one of my clients was Kelly Jolly who's now the coach of Tennessee who's replaced uh, you know two two times ago uh, Pat and then Holly and now and now Kel um, and then after that unfortunately 9/11 happened nobody mm-hmm. was spending money on sports or marketing let alone women's sports and I went into the travel insurance industry. And since then, I've moved around a couple companies, and now I'm the chief commercial officer of TripMate, which is a travel insurance company. Doesn't seem as fun and as sexy as sports, but it's really about relationships and and providing a product and a service that somebody needs. And you, you know, again, if somebody needs you, whether it's for advice or something you're offering or selling, you want to make sure you're there and you're giving them exactly what they need. Well, on behalf of all the Bulls fans, and and hopefully a lot of them will listen to this, thank you for laying the groundwork to what everyone is enjoying now and the pride that Bulls fans, graduates, and and Western New Yorkers as a whole have now been able to take and come along on this amazing ride that all started with you and a few other uh, very forceful young people back in the (laughs) late 80s. And uh, uh, I'm sure if you headed over and uh, asked if you could reoccupy President Trapathi's office, (laughs) he'd be more than happy to let you do it for a little while. <laughs> only, only if we had uh, Pam Newbeck, our in-house counsel, on the on the microphone at the time, saying, "Get out, get uh, out." Well, Thanks, it's, a, it's great to catch up with Kelly Sauner, and again, a big part of what Kelly is doing will be the dedication of the competition pool in honor of former coach Dorsey Reynolds, and that will happen when the Bulls host the MAC Swimming Championships on February 29th. Kelly, uh, good luck in the future. Thank you for being you. a part of this, and we thank you for joining us on the Forever a Bull podcast. Once a bull, always a bull. This has been a production of Bulls Digital.